certified banks, yeah, I do the damn thing. I send the man in by the bump, by the bing. Certified banks, yeah, I do the damn thing. I send the man in by the bump, by the bing. Do the damn thing, do the damn thing. Do the damn thing, do the damn thing. Do the damn thing, do the damn thing. Do the damn thing, by the bump, by the bing. Uh, hello, everybody. Hey. Welcome to the Rules of Acquisition, a podcast where we are going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, uh, greatest parody show of the 90s, or homage, or I don't know Anyways, my name is Wade Bowen, and with me, as always, is James Nolan. Uh, well, I got you real quick. I was going to let everybody know, I was going to start a little factoid that uh, on October 1978, two months before, two weeks before I was born, an episode of Hawaii 5 aired. That uh, uh, episode called Small Potatoes, and that episode featured the first acting performance of one Mike Starr, which makes it an important date, I think. All right, that's it. And also, we have Mr. Hugh Crawford. Hey, I got a little factoid for you. Mike Starr (laughs) is actually the father of Martin Starr. The, uh, I did not know that. That is. That's because I'm just talking out my ass. I didn't have <laughs> like James did. <laughs> we are talking about an episode called Bada Bing, Bada Bang. Uh, it originally aired February 24th, 1999. It is the 15th episode of season seven here is the imdb description when a programming glitch won't go away mobsters take over vix and open for business but the ds9 gang takes it personal when their favorite hangout is no longer their favorite <laughs> and they wow. plan to get the new management ousted that 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 is a some good sentence writing right there. <laughs> yeah you know i'm just glad to finally have an episode that's not based on an old movie of some sort <laughs> Oh, this one. I mean, that George, that George Clooney movie just like totally ripped it off. Right? Yeah, yeah, which came after it. So I mean, how can you explain? Uh, I yeah, mean, clearly uh-huh. this was a, it was a it was a good idea head first by DS9. Yeah. So this is uh, another one of y'all's favorite, I think, uh, of all the subgenres or whatever that DS9 follows around. Your favorite kind of Star Trek episode, basically. I think this has pretty much got everything you want, right? It's got. It does. It's loaded. I mean, it is. Uh, it's a. It's it's. You know, it's based off a classic story. It's lighthearted. You know, everybody's got to come together to go on a mission. And if they don't succeed, not much happens. And <laughs> it's, it's Their great. Their friend dies. Uh, this, this actually, this, this particular episode checks off the Star Trek boxes that we haven't had checked off in a long time, which is the space friends work together to solve a problem. That is. Which they rarely do. In, in Deep Space Nine. So mm-hmm. in that sense, even though I didn't particularly care about the problem, they made it really clear. They actually did a lot of groundwork <laughs> to give it personal stakes. Like, everybody had a personal, like, debt to yeah. owe to this dumb character that I wish I did, did, didn't exist. <laughs> uh-huh. But at least it was, it was like, rooted in something, in sure. real emotion for the characters that they, like, were mm. earnestly wanting to help them. The last Vic episode we had with, you know... Uh, only a paper moon. I think I said, "Oh, it's it's not like those dumb hollow uh, deck episodes that TNG used to do, where there was like, wouldn't it be fun to live like in it's like, but 
But this episode, well, it, it's totally that. <laughs> but with a little cultural commentary and one uh, th- that's what that's like the best part of this entire season. Oh wow. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah that speech that speech that I mean, are we going straight to that? I mean I I don't like no, I mean, well, you haven't I, watched all the episodes that come before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, you remember last episode, don't you? They had some pretty good cultural commentary in that, I thought. Well, I you mean, remember. Why don't you tell me? <laughs> I don't know what, <laughs> no. what he's talking about. Anybody can anybody can go back and listen to last week's episode and hear me talk really really with authority about a, a shimmera so i'm not sweating it all right you can't see me but i'm knocking the dust off my shoulder right now don't even worry about it yeah okay all right it was a great episode that we did last week that scene that you're referring to is in the episode because because avery brooks brooks is a human being who who like sort of but i gotta tell you it was uh, according to iris Stephen bear it was iris Stephen bear's idea Oh mm-hmm. sure, I'm sure it was. He was he was getting the sense that the fans weren't liking Vic, and there was a lot of Vic going on. What? More than the captain, arguably. <laughs> People didn't like Vic. This is the first time hearing about it. Some of this was because of a. It was you know it was trying to idealize a racist era, and some of it was because it you know maybe maybe some fans just didn't like what they were doing with it. You know, like didn't like uh, going back to 1960 and doing a bunch of gangster shit. So he decided that if he showed all of the fans of Star Trek that Avery Brooks liked Vic, then you would like Vic, thus justifying him the nine, ten episodes we get from him. Uh-huh. That's why that scene was in here. Interesting. Was to show that Avery Brooks was on board. That's on board. weird. That's weird. Yeah. That's like come... if your dad likes your stepdad. <laughs> then that's some um... the two leads of the show you know the replacement lead right. yeah if that's just like oh 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 this is a great it's a great opportunity for me to not have put avery brooks in any of the vic episodes so far that's what it sounds like no i don't i mean yeah. i you know one one could conjecture conjecture if you want to like you know make erroneous sort of things that probably avery brooks wasn't too cool to be in these episodes and, and, and sort of <laughs> slunk out the back whatever Whatever uh-huh. on filming day, and uh, and this was his negotiation with Iris Stephen Bear to make it worth a while. So they're like, "Hey, we're gonna let you <laughs> sing a song." Well, that's yeah, but I'm getting that's ahead of another that's... thing is that that he really loves Avery Brooks has never sung for real on on one of these episodes, so that was also the key to getting yeah, that. Yeah, that in was there. a surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found something surprising. I don't know. We want to start getting into this, but the idea of the Jack in the Box. Uh, as like a program oh, yeah. within the program mm-hmm. to shake things up for the program is an actual interesting idea too, sort of. I thought like that make kind of makes sense. I guess. I mean, I don't know. It felt a little contrived to me. Oh no, it's a hundred percent contrived. <laughs> right, but, right. Well, but it was essentially like an Easter egg that went out sure. of control. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Another thought: uh, Is it me or is the actor who played Frankie Eyes? Did he actually have real chemistry with Kira? Like in a way that no <laughs> nobody else has had. Uh, in- he broke up her marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Alexander Sadek at this point. It's a little known. It's um, a touchy subject. Kara always talks about how great of a fun shoot it was. So, so it wasn't my imagination that they actually No, had. no, I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they I they thought, totally they totally hooked up. Yeah, I mean they did good work together. I guess I yeah. They were both on uh, T.J. Hooker together, I believe. Oh so, really? Kira mm-hmm. oh, so was on T.J. Hooker. Yeah, with Martin Starr's son, Dad Mike Starr. No. <laughs> yeah, Mike Starr. 
1986, God. Mike Starr was in an episode called A Day's Wages, uh, an episode of Spencer for Hire, whose uh, co-lead in that was Avery Hawk. Brooks. Yeah. Also, little known fact, Francis McDordan is in that episode. Whoa. <laughs> but not this one. We want to just break this down. And- Before we break it down, the music, the music in this episode, was it me or was it mixed like too loud? I don't know about the whole episode. It, I hated the music. I know that they did the big swells, like the, when they're doing the uh, walk that was reminiscent of a movie I've seen maybe like 11 people walking down a hallway um, <laughs> and they, they do the theme song to DS9 but in like peppy jazzy sort of big band creepo kind of way yeah that was really loud I didn't know I didn't I didn't notice it as mixed loud alright sometimes these episodes I just real, I just sometimes it just dawns on me how melodramatic the music swells are yes you know, mm-hmm. but yeah it makes me wish I was just watching it on mute with just the captions on I've heard that's a really great way to do that sometimes it just will fade into the background in audio wallpaper and sometimes it's like oh this music's really laying it on thick I, I really felt like the music was intrusive on this particular episode but that yeah. could have just obviously that was just me but I really thought we were going to talk for 45 minutes about how the music was obnoxious <laughs> and you guys are just like you guys well, it are, a Vic did it bite at all you're just like oh, I didn't notice that I think I, if I did I noticed it in a lot of those sections where, where I felt like maybe they were trying to imitate some some type of I don't know uh, Ocean's Eleven <laughs> Like, what? Oh, oh, the George Clooney movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the George Clooney movie. Because <laughs> this one felt so original to me. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, it it opens up and they're trying to convince uh, Vic to go to the Alamo. And he's like, I'm not doing that. I don't look good in buckskin. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm going to sing a Texas State of Mind song. And he's like, boo. It was what my brain did. But then the... Then the holodeck suddenly flips over and it's smoky and full of mobsters and night is dark and full of terrors or some shit. And the physical piano changes. They change oh. the actual to piano. There's an evil piano. Yeah, it's more uh, sinister. Yes. <laughs> so, like, is it an upright instead of like a big? Can't remember. Yeah, and, I don't. I didn't notice, but yeah, because I was too busy looking at them uh, sexy them, broads that came mm-hmm. in and it's a strip club now. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and Frankie Eyes and Cheech mm. come in from South Philly. They know mm-hmm. Vic from... Well, Cheech, also known as Mike Starr, played Pooter the Clown in Uncle Buck in 1989. So, but his most... <laughs> His best role ever was in Miller's Crossing. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, in 1990, where he beats the shit out of Tom yep. in that episode. Also that year, he played Frenchie in Goodfellas. Uh, 1990 was a was a banner year for Mike Starr. Do we think that <laughs> oh, yeah. poor Mike gets typecast? <laughs> I think maybe he gets a little bit of typecast. Um, he's never moved to Hollywood either. So unless you're oh, filming really? in the tri-state area, I don't think he, he's in your movie. Well, he flew out there for this, though, right? Oh, I guess so. Maybe he was trying. To make it work. I mean, even if he never moved out there, I'm sure he flew in for work. I would much rather have Mike Starr play Admiral Ross and the guy that they have. Oh my god! Play Admiral oh my god! Ross. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Mike Starr is amazing, and I uh, him, him playing everybody. Wouldn't that have been great if if we got to see him as the Admiral? What is this with your prophet stuff? I don't know anything about the prophet stuff. Okay, emissary, whatever. <laughs> Just do your job. <laughs> yep, I think we just fixed the show. <laughs> we did. 
I could have watched him as Admiral Ross <laughs> for for whole seasons. Oh God! So, yes. <laughs> so I, I watched it with subtitles on. He's Cheech, but I did, I never realized Cheech was spelled C C. Yeah, C I C C I. Yeah. Well, they do that Italian thing where they don't pronounce the last vowel. Yeah. Like they do, you know, it's Madonna instead of Madonna and whatever. Oh yeah. So yeah. I think you're just left with Cheech if you don't yeah. see Cheechy. Not Italian. Grew up right, in right, South. Yeah. They can't manually wipe Vic because of reasons. Even though he won't go to it, like if he could go to the Alamo program, couldn't they just? But whatever. Felix is the guy that designed the program. Have we known that before? Is he the same guy that gave him the uh, Doctor, the James Bond routine to Bashir? I guess. So. Probably, I mean, I like, know. yeah, I guess. So he's the guy. He's already occurring. The guy. <laughs> I, yeah, I couldn't remember if he'd been the guy before or just this, but they oh. mentioned fucking Felix so many times in this episode. I was like, all right. Oh, yeah. They had to make that go over to us so that you know, like, why the fuck is this happening? And it's happening yeah. because of Felix is a prankster. Yeah. So, yeah. And then they, when they go back and Worf is like, this is fucking dumb, guys. <laughs> Come on. It's just a hologram. And they're like, no, he's our friend. And Worf is like, all right, y'all can, <laughs> you know, they, they can drag Cisco into these shenanigans. But Worf is like, nah, I ain't having none of it. That was one of my favorite scenes of yes. this episode yeah. yes the everybody always asks me why um why i like Worf, and it's because Worf hears me <laughs> yeah it's like well Worf is like look i don't hate vic i don't like vic either he's just fucking there and that's kind of how i feel it's, a not, lot it's about just like the, everybody on deep D- space nine is trying to get Worf to watch bob's burgers but like Worf <laughs> I refuses. don't like cartoons. I don't like. I don't cartoon. like animation. I don't like cartoons. <laughs> no, but you don't understand. Worf is perfect for you. It really fits your sensibilities. Sorry, man. I I'm sure you're right, but I don't watch <laughs> cartoons. Right. Unless they're really dirty. If cartoons are really dirty, I like those. Yeah. Like like Archer and stuff. But uh, uh-huh. yeah, uh-huh. then you would like Bob's Burgers. I saw their crossover <laughs> yeah. episode, but Bob. It's Bob's not exactly. Bur- uh, didn't imprint on you like um, heavy metal did when you were. Oh no, no, yeah, or <laughs> or yeah, yeah. When they when I get all my good spit roasting jokes from Archer, like so, yeah. and oh, coke yeah. and blow jokes. Yeah, it's great. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Phrasing, so. <laughs> phrase. <laughs> yeah. But maybe this is a good time to point out that that his best year so far was 1994, when Mike star, starred in both Ed Wood in his medius role as Ed Wood's boss, oh, yeah. and in Dumb and Dumber in the classic scene where they do the most annoying sound in the world. They do oh, that in right. Mike Starr's ear. Yeah. <laughs> so I like that Worf is like, I don't give a shit. And then I like the first scene with Cisco. First, I was like, hey, it's Cisco. I'm so happy to see him now because we haven't seen him. He doesn't have many parts a lot of these episodes but when they're like oh hey everybody we gotta save Vic and he's just like cool 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 uh yeah uh so uh when y'all gonna get back to work dorks <laughs> and he's like uh Vic Fontaine's hotel's just been bought by gangsters I see when do you plan on going back to work <laughs> The the scene between Avery Brooks and his wife uh, about Vic. I don't know why, but I just really felt really connected to that conversation. Right. Well, it's yeah. just not why do you like it? Yet. Never mind. What do you mean? I don't care. Like, what? Just <laughs> right. leave it alone. Why do you gotta do it? You like him? I don't. Why you gotta? Cassidy, can we talk about something? Else? One thing I like about about Cisco as a character is how aloof and he is, and how. <laughs> poor he is in his relationships like cisco yeah. is a bad boy yes <laughs> yeah and yeah. we see that time and time again when he's in he's all in 
Like he's maybe too much. Like we're gonna do this, and then we're gonna go here, and it's gonna be great. And but when he's not, like it's a it's a door. Like why why fuck you gotta know what I'm thinking? Just fucking go. Like right. And I think that maybe that is a uh, he may even fuck. This is normally I would laugh that anybody was doing this kind of work, but especially on the writing end. But Avery Brooks might. It's it may be a second husband thing or a second spouse thing where, you know, you feel like, especially when you don't, there's no divorce. There's no starting over. She just died. Oh, yeah, that makes and sense. And you just like, and th- there may be a part where you're just like, that's the person I, I'm soulmates with. I like you. I'm fond of you. And I love you. But, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I don't. You're still incomplete. You're not complete yet. I, he's right, having right. that, in, in his mind, he's having that conversation about why did these fucking crackers like <laughs> Vic like he's having that arg- he's going he's laying that out in his mind to Jennifer not to Cassidy so it's like and that that might be something that he's doing that Maybe. the aloofness is just that it's we're not all in we're not we're not like together moving forward in the world I'm a I'm a, I'm married to a dead woman and I like you you're good you're we, we're good together and it works what why yeah. why is it gotta be more <laughs> I, th- I think he's. I mean, I think we've. Sh- they've tried to show that he's in this. Book. I don't know. I don't know. About we do that. know, like from what some episode where he ha- he does like having a little separation between him and mm-hmm. Cassidy at his mm-hmm. work, and yeah. He is prime for my theory that all second relation, all like after you've had a relationship and it's been like a long relationship, it's been a divorce or or unfortunately like maybe a death. The weekend's only monogamous partner is probably an ideal thing. <laughs> Call on Wednesday, make plans for the weekend. Sunday, sometime during Sunday afternoon, she goes home, or you go home, <laughs> right? And well, you call her again on Wednesday. <laughs> like I, you I know. Don't know, yeah. So you're, you can, that's like the that's the schedule for my waiver, like when my waiver wire is open on my fantasy baseball t- league. Like I can only I can only pick up players for like four days, like Monday through Thursday, and then my waiver wire is closed Thursday yeah. night through like sunday night like that's yeah. what you're suggesting sorta i mean i don't know it just seems ideal to me but because <laughs> i hope that works for you but it's a it's a bitch for my fantasy baseball league, so <laughs> i don't i just i have kids i don't want to co-mingle my life with and i don't want to date like some what i what i don't want to i know i know that men do where they go and date some younger woman oh my god that's like a nightmare then that they have to start they have to be the anchor of their lives i don't want that so if i'm 50 or 55 i'm looking for a 50 55 year old woman got a job independently whatever and she her kids i don't want to have shit to do with her kids i don't want her to have shit to do with my kids we just it's good company is all you know <laughs> Well, by the time you're, that's what I'm saying. I'm not talking by the time, about like well, by the time you're old and your kids like they don't have to mingle anyways. But you know, I don't need to get. I'm saying my Avery Brooks. Way. I think Avery Brooks would really like this relationship with Cassidy, <laughs> and it probably works because she's a long haul trucker. Uh-huh. She's just, she's not there all the time, <laughs> right? She's barely in this. In fact, he's excited. We've seen that where he's excited to see her when she gets back. Yeah, actually, that was the only time he was excited to see her when she got back is when he needed something from her. That's true. That's the only time he brought flowers. We don't even really see them get... When she gets out of prison, he's like... he's he's, It's when he's taken over by the prophets, right? So even when she gets out of prison, it's not even a help. Like, he's he's not there for her. I... I think the jury's. I think I hear what you're saying mm-hmm. about just when you're at a certain stage in your life, your needs are different. I guess, and yeah. when you've accomplished a certain amount of things, your needs 
from another person are different, but I still think the jury's still out whether or not Cisco is a good boyfriend. <laughs> he's probably not. I, I, I mean, I, I think he's... He's, he's got a lot not. of shit on his plate, you know? He's the captain of a station. He's, he's, there's, a, there's a fucking war going on. He's pre- And all these assholes... His mom is a space god. Right. <laughs> Has that come up at all since the first episode well no because cisco's barely come up at all since the first God, little no. arc i mean we know all about vic's childhood in south philadelphia <laughs> right but we but don't they... know about space mom so him and, him and uh him and frankie's beef just goes back well i used to beat him at stickball and they're like that's it and then he's like yep that's it and then they're like that felix doesn't miss a beat it's like what okay yeah, yeah he oh doesn't and and nothing we've been rivals ever since i love felix huh when he designs a hollow suite program, he doesn't fool around. Like, right. Somebody really liked writing dialogue for these characters. Yeah. It's evident. They were just excited for the script. You know, oh, these these monsters taking over Vix. Is, it's exactly the same thing as the, the Dominion taking over DS9. It's like, no, it's it's really not the same thing at all. <laughs> well, it is to me. It's like, well, yeah, but fuck you. <laughs> it's not the same. This, this is a hologram. So wait a minute, Wade. How do you feel about this episode? Uh, I feel... F- I think actually does what it does just fine. Like if you're, I don't, I think it's a pretty good execution of a holodeck episode where we just want to live in this world. I just don't find that the most compelling thing about Deep Space Nine necessarily. And this is the most, no, I guess that Armand Bashir was also the same kind of thing too. It's a, it's a nice break, I guess. So I can see why people like it and it feels very Star Trek. It's like, oh, it's like he's we're doing the uh, Picard is a private dick storyline, except there's no private, except they're just doing casino stuff in this one. And it's like, okay, it's fine. It does a does an all right job of honking on uh, and just going through doing uh, Ocean's Eleven. And so the execution's fine, but it didn't really sing to me. When we get to, that, Cisco seems pretty good, but then you also have Odo being like, ooh wee, uh, I look at these hot ladies, and Kira's like, well, I'll go be the honeypot over here. You you go ogle some boobs, okay, Odo? And it's like, mm, okay. All right. Yeah, this did get an Emmy for hairstyle. So all that stuff with uh, the way they all looked, uh, people are having fun with that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't hate this. I only, I the only things I hate about this episode are the things I already hate about what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. they didn't pile on, they didn't make it worse, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I like the worst stuff. I, I love the scene where Cisco you know, lays out his real world problems about, and then Cassidy kind of saying, reframing it with, the limitations that we put on ourselves like Mm -hmm. i don't i'm not one i'm not qualified i'm not qualified to say whether or not that's a valid argument i could definitely see it being an argument when one oppressed person says to another oppressed person does that make sense not not oppressed but you know um historically disenfranchised historically marginalized and disenfranchised person says to another i could see that as a argument that they would make i don't know if i would necessarily like cisco's stance i don't think he should be felt wrong for having that stance right yeah Mm -hmm. that's my that's my one complaint i do think that there's something that i've seen uh i talked about it more last week god i hope i do um (laughs) that uh that i do get this sort of feeling in this scene and then in parts of last week's episode where there's this sort of they're commenting or critiquing like a certain type of judgmentality about i'm gonna say political correctness about like we can't enjoy columbus we can't i don't know their depths on that and i'm not gonna but it seems like there is this kind of like cassidy has this sort of stance about like okay che guevara why don't you just calmed you know like that kind of like 
yeah. I think you're blowing it out of proportion. There's a lot of good things going on here. And I I think like I, I think that's probably like was the common sentiment among even probably amongst like Hollywood liberals at the time. But you know, it looks a little different now. And we're definitely in a reassessment of those kinds right. of like can you talk glowingly of uh Confederate yeah. war heroes? It but yeah. not but not about the slave stuff, you know. Or or can you reimagine this is a 19 you know and that that's a weird thing you know we're reimagining a 1963 a 1963 for all of us but when you look in there except for cassidy they're all still white there's no asians there's no mexicans there's no trans there's no and i know right. that you're like this is 19 i mean that that's true but you do like i don't know like i i, yeah, I think i think that they, cisco's arguments are still valid even though he changes his mind yeah that, you know yeah. he's because of a team building exercise i think the show is saying that maybe he was being a little unreasonable right but he wasn't maybe i mean i think the i think the thing in the universe of the 24th century or whatever also these people are evolved humans so they don't have uh, like i think in in a point way it's cisco is totally right to do this because like oh you're evolved we're, we're past racism we don't think about racism anymore because we don't have it but cisco is the one like you'd be like, no, I'm remembering our history and this is fucked up. And then I think he maybe gets over it a little bit too easy, in my opinion, anyways. But Mm -hmm. in the world of, like, Cisco, like, Cassidy, like, they don't think about the racism at all because, like, that's not a thing for them. But then Cisco is like, you know, he's he's more of a student of history. We've learned learned that from when he was Gabriel Bell that time in the way back past tense episodes. But, like, the, 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 the whole thing where he's like, it's never uncomfortable and that's the lie. Like, that line and everything like there's so much truth in that kind of statement that i don't mm-hmm. think you could say that he's i in that way i think the show totally agrees with him but then he kind of reverses and said okay well whatever yeah I guess you give voice to the criticism not right. so that you can attack it but sort of that you could say see we balance yeah. now then you just move on to what you're going to do anyway right? yeah and that 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 kind of rubs me the wrong way about about this particular so i had this moment and I, I i don't know why it hit in my head but when i was watching the episode and there's a moment later on just fast forward real quick for this point that cassidy yates is trying to take the in the real sim- simulation instead of the fake simulation <laughs> she's going to the guard because she's going to say that miles stole her chips oh, and yeah. she's accusing him of that and she walks the guard over there who she's already sort of buttered him up and she's already been flirting with him in another right. scene. Right. Are you from Nashville, Carolina? Asheville? North Carolina. High School? Yeah, North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. So she drags this guy over there and she goes, and and, and and you see the guy, the camera cuts to him and he looks to Miles and he goes, this woman claims you stole her chips. If he goes, do you want me to put her in jail? A woman like this accusing a white man of, and then like, and then that cuts to, and like uh, Miles looks shocked. And then it cuts to Avery, her and Avery Brooks in jail. And he goes, I told you this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> and then and then Miles is like, I guess Felix added a racism element to the program. <laughs> and whoa, whoa. Right. <laughs> this realism subroutine was just a little bit too real there, I think. Also, the time uh, while he was filming this, uh, Mike Starr was also in Summer of Sam, which came out in 1999. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. He's also in a really good West Wing episode, a really dumb West Wing episode, I'm sorry, uh, in uh, <laughs> Thank you. the next year. <laughs> I will not say my opinions about the West Wing. No, that's fine. <laughs> Never. <laughs> This episode, it, was, so. this episode was particular. Then we we know the the whole 
we're going to go through the scene, this the scheme with there's an eight minute window. You know, I've never seen any of the uh, casino, uh, Ocean's Eleven movies. It's a shame. What? Of mine. You I haven't? I know. I know, right? It's weird. I haven't That's seen the James Bond movies and never saw I think, Ocean's Eleven. I think, whoa, 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 I think whoa, whoa, of the whoa, first whoa, whoa, Ocean's whoa. Eleven, maybe on my top five uh, Steven Soderbergh films, and that's saying oh, something. Yeah. You've never seen you've never seen any James Bond movies? No, I mean I have, but never like sat down and watched one all the way through. Not even stars. Like it's been not even Skyfall. No, not even Skyfall. Like not even the older ones with like like Thunderball. Yeah, never all the way. Th- like if they're on TV, I might have watched bits here. Yeah, and because there. they were there those and like the Planet of the Apes movies were on TNT in the summers when we were kids so yeah. you'd see them you'd see bits and pieces all the time but you've never like sat down and watched one yeah. beginning to finish no i sat down and watched a lot of those planet of the apes movies from beginning to end but yeah I, I did too Bond, i've seen never, all yeah. eight of them or whatever there were yeah. beneath the planet of the apes and back mm-hmm. you know all those for some reason the the ape movies spoke to me more than james bond mm-hmm. <laughs> they do the whole thing where there's the ipecac and the martini the guy gives this pretty gross look at uh, Ezri's ass. I was like, all right, and that's great. Yeah, um, poor N- uh, Nicole DeBoer in this episode. She is another episode where she gets just, just, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I made a couple of objectified. Complaints. Yeah, I made a couple of complaints a couple episodes ago, and I, and then when this episode came up, I was like, yeah. Cisco's the high roller, and they do the throwing money around. That's a scene in Ocean's Eleven, right? I don't know. They're they're different because the security levels are higher. <laughs> Oh yeah, in two thousand. So I get really <laughs> right. Um, I get the, the plot was more complicated. I think yes, I think they do that in the first one. Yes. I wrote down a bunch of lines for here on this, but I don't feel the need to say them. But yeah, we get yeah Zemo. Who was the actor that played Zemo? Was he like he a, is an old? Uh, he like let me look him up here real quick. They were clearly like look at this cameo that we got. This guy's from these old movies or something. Yeah, he was a character actor. I'm trying to see like here. Um, this was one of his last roles. I think it aired after You don't he say. Died. It looked uh, like. <laughs> yeah, I think he, yeah, I think he died before they shot this. <laughs> well, I, I mean, one could point out, uh, I mean, I know we're talking Mike Starr today, and I don't want to stop talking Mike Starr, but if we wanted uh-huh. to talk about Mark Lawrence, he was, to tie into your James Bond talk, he was in 1971's Diamonds Are Forever, and in 1974's The Man with the Golden Gun. Oh. oh. He also uh, played a, uh, he was in Marathon Man. Man, this guy has got some real bona fides here. Yeah, yeah. No, this may have been one of his last roles, but he did not die. He actually met and married a woman after this episode, a- four years after this nice. episode aired. Whoa. He married a woman in 2003, and, and di- wow. you know, he died. I bet, uh, I bet he saw her more than just on the weekends. Yes, uh, I think. I mean, I don't know anything about Alicia Lawrence, but maybe he had money. I guess he had money. I don't know. She was Pamela Andersoning, but that's uh, okay. Yeah. Shit goes foobard. A li- well, not totally foobard, but the plan doesn't go off like it's supposed to. Nog's been learning how to uh, crack a safe, but then the safe has a uh, an auto relock tumbler in it, and so that takes longer. I do like that they do the. Cla- I mean, they do the classic Ocean's Eleven. Uh, run the routine in a fake way oh, oh yeah so that when they the run it for over. real you can see where they're fucking up i mean i think that's like maybe what oceans outside of just like rat pack shit that may be from a like a film structure perspective that may be like it's what, what it's known for it's, it's is that mechanic of running the running the simulation and then doing it so that they know where they're fucking up <laughs> right, right. Howard's not there. He's got the flu. Uh, guy checks out her ass, and 
yeah. Uh, Bashir's got like a full house or something, and he folds and mm-hmm. has to go uh, let over Zemo's girl. He's like, hey, uh, you remember that week in Miami? No, no, that's what Vic does. Never mind, that's not Bashir. Bashir does some other bullshit. I don't remember, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's all it's all me- mechanisms of the scheme going. And then down. Uh, guy, the replacement accountant that Nicole Devore has to like take the drink to. Mm-hmm. That's Galron. Oh, yeah. Uh, Okay, yeah, I thought he's something familiar about him. He thought it was going to be the last time he was on the show. He gets in there somewhere. But he's he's wedged in later. Uh, he was wanting his name to be Cy Onara because it would be his last uh, Star Trek performance. But That's they, pretty clever. Yes, Galron's great. He wanted it, but he got he it, he didn't get that. Huh? Iris Stephen Bear talked him out of it. Real quick, Iris Stephen Bear is the showrunner. He could have just said no, but instead he like took the time to talk him out. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I think he said, this is not going to be your last time. You're going to be Galron in any other episode. So oh. I think that maybe some of the stuff will be like clear, but it seems like I guess they were just so overwhelmed with the last 10 episodes that these really were like the homework you got to turn in for an easy in your easy a classes but it's still you can't neglect it for too long or it's a lot of you know i don't know yeah this one feels like a it might have been a rush job but they had the the piece the outline was pretty obviously there so they didn't have to do it he's running this team like the mid-season golden state warriors like he is not (laughs) putting much effort into this at all you know he thinks they came out strong they got to finish they know they're going to have to finish strong a lot of the bench on the boards you know like so i I think i think that's what's going on here yeah this Mm -hmm. i mean this one kind of writes itself i feel like you know then frankie eyes gets strip shirts by charlie and then they we get the sultry strip tease music playing as the the subtitle and then they they slow-mo frankie out to get murdered and it suddenly everything's back to the old vix all the smoke's gone and whatnot and, and he's like come me in for the alamo boys because they wouldn't let that guy that got murdered two episodes into the Alamo, but you're, you're the best friends a hologram has ever had. And then, mm-hmm. and then Cisco gets to sing. Uh, he does. You came along and everything started to The best is yet to come. What did y'all think about Cisco singing? The best is yet to come and baby. It was a style <laughs> that I am not accustomed to. Yes. It, it, However... It took me a little bit to accommodate to it. It but. wasn't wrong. He wasn't off key or anything. He he no. was singing. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. no, no, yeah. He was, I mean, he played Paul Robeson on Broadway for a while. So I'm sure he can sing an Old Man River or, <laughs> and I think it's that kind of, I think it's rooted in that kind of old, it's post, let's, okay, God, like, it's post minstrel, <laughs> but okay. it's uh, uh, post Careful now. This is a landmine on all kinds of fronts. It's not a minstrel show. It was after those were popular, but it wasn't, but it was before like soul and jazz. So it was like some sort of that. And so that's what I think that he studied for Paul Robeson. And then I think that he was just kind of using that for this. It's probably like a Nat King Cole voice. He's probably a trained, he's had jazz singer training. So he's got good technique and everything he sounds i good. think he's classic just... broadway trained. like he did he did the shakespeare he did the song he did the dance like it's old whatever they used to put you through he's trained like that like the way they all say that uh 
uh, Christopher Walken was like that. Uh, his song and dance man. Trained in that sort of classic Broadway style. So yeah. But then Avery Brooks is also just like a jazz musician too, right? You know, yeah. Playing the, the keys and whatnot. Yeah, it's a it's a definitely a thing. And it, um, so Iris Stephen Bear got his way. And so did Avery Brooks, I guess. Who knows? I mean, they wrote was, that he, fucking Alamo song for this episode too. Oh, that's really? Not like a, that's not a standard. That, that was written for this fucking episode. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah I, I, I had suspected that. I don't know standards <laughs> or whatever, but I like, this is too convenient. To... Yes. The yeah. Texas State, I oh, yeah. Yes. I, I can we, can there we, is a dumb song. We, I mean, I don't know, like, how, uh, I mean, I guess it's, it's a statement about the liberal focus of the writing crew, but they also, they don't seem to attribute, attribute having to give voice to the oppressed minority of a certain situation with their love of the Alamo. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. was an output, like, which was literally just a provocative war. We just, they just, we just force, you know, we just provoked Mexico to attack us. So by, you know, uh, stealing a giant right. chunk of their land. Yeah, they're, they're fucking <laughs> heroes, James, and, and I don't want to hear any different. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's... Come on. Uh, we went, yeah, we grew, I don't we know. went to school in Tennessee. What were I you taught us? <laughs> I'm from the Volunteer State, which were the volunteers they sent to go steal land from Mexicans. <laughs> which is fucking true. Uh, that So I don't know why they don't feel the need to address that. Like have their Hispanic character. Oh, they don't have one. <laughs> there you no, go. I I thought it was because people from Tennessee volunteer to like hurricane relief in Puerto Rico. Uh, yes, yes, they, <laughs> uh, that's what yes. it meant. The Red Cross. They uh, we, we walk, we do things in slow motion, and then like Sarah McLaughlin songs like play over while we help <laughs> people in trouble. So, but if you if you need somebody to volunteer to steal from brown people, you like Tennessee or that's <laughs> literally those are your people. <laughs> That's what we're known for. Including <laughs> Davy Crockett. That was he was Yeah. yeah. Ugh, don't get me started on Davy Crockett. <laughs> Davy Crockett, he, he did the pie pan thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what else I really have to say about this. A waste episode. of a good pie pan. <laughs> uh, do you, you? What do you? Well, okay. Then it's a let's fine enough this. episode, but like I said, it, I think. Well, let me hear. Mike Star is still let, working. He was in bill. He was in billions just last year. So let's hear your. Let's know. hear your rewatch meter. Wade. Does Mike Starr get older? He seems like he's always been that same. He's age. Always been. No, exactly he, he looks old now. I think it's caught up with him. Yeah, I think okay. it's caught up with him. Yeah. All right. Uh, death I, is coming for us all, Wade. What is your what is your <laughs> uh, rewatch? Uh, he will forever live on in the Sun Martin, at least. Well, did you know that he played Thanos? And they just <laughs> had Josh uh, Brolin do I thought it was Martin Starr that played Thanos, and Mike no. Starr married Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Wade, what is your rewatch meter for a bada bing, bada boom? Uh, uh, probably three or four. I'll put Three. it just for that Cisco scene. I'd probably, I'll probably, I'm more likely to just watch just that one scene instead of the whole episode, honestly. But don't you see? That's the lie. In 1962, the civil rights movement was still in its infancy. It wasn't an easy time for our people, and I'm not going to pretend that it was. I'm a zero. <laughs> You'll never watch this again. <laughs> no. Nope. I'm a ten. I will watch this Whoa, again. Way to go. I huh. will. I will most definitely watch this again because of that Cisco scene. Like uh-huh. and I. Because if I want to show somebody how to put some real talk into a b- bullshit TV show, <laughs> that's pretty much how you do it. That's a good point. Yeah, I'm gonna add, I'm gonna up mine. I got I know you do a flow chart here, but I'm gonna up mine to one because you know I might be around you when you're schooling someone like that. So <laughs> that's right, you might be. <laughs> so the odds just increase by one. All right. Yes. Very good. <laughs> All right. What do you guys guess the good people of IMDb think of this? Seven point 
6.6. This has got a lot of votes. It's got 1,014 votes, and that says 7.7. Whoa. Oh, I almost so, went there. Which is weird, because that means that some people logged on just to downvote it, just, to, you know, because it's mm-hmm. a high a high en- amount a high amount of votes usually correlates with a high score. That's not the case here. So Well, it's really easy to mobilize uh, your alt-right kind of racist <laughs> People well, no, I, don't. I, I, I mean, they might even like, I, I think that probably most of your toxic online guys are probably liking it because it, I mean, I'm not saying that they're meaning to say this. Because one character of, told another character, get over your, yes. get over yourself. Yes. Oh my God. Stop ruining it for everybody. Uh, yes. Right. Which is my main objection to this episode. Like, yeah, Cassidy might as well just rolled her eyes and said, oh my God, if you keep acting like this, they're going to reelect Trump. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's got that, like, you know, like, I think that the alt-right might actually like that message, like, get over it. Because they yeah, would maybe. love to just uh, erase America's racist history and and maintain a racist future. <laughs> sure, <laughs> they right. would love to erase the, the racist history. Uh, next week is... <laughs> You, why don't you tell us about next week's episode? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Next week is Enter Arma E.M. Silent Legis. Uh, it's a Section 31 episode where uh, Mike Starr does not play Admiral Ross. So, okay. Uh, unfortunately. What, 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 block, what did uh, Irish Stephen Bay rent at Blockbuster that inspired this pitch? <laughs> that is a good question. I think... We'll figure it out. We'll talk about it then. We'll, we'll definitely figure it out next next week. And then, and then after that, it's we're into the end, the final... We're in the end game now. <laughs> we are. If I tell you guys what happens, then it won't happen. Well, I think this was a pretty good episode of our show. Um, not uh-huh. as good as last week's episode, but it's still pretty good. Well, last week's was hard uh, to live up with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, last week was pretty epic. So, uh, Wade, do you want to outro this thing? Uh, sure. Yeah, let people know how to get all of us. So, uh, give us a call if you want. Uh, 917-408-3898. Or check us out on Twitter or kickersofelves.com. But most importantly, check out that Patreon at patreon.com slash kickersofelves, where we've got bonus content and whatnot over there. I try to make it worth your while, so make it worth ours. (laughs) All Uh, right. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Rules of Acquisition. We hope you come back next week uh, as we talk about another episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. For Wade, James, and myself, three to beam out. A little less conversation and more action, please. All this aggravation ain't satisfaction in me. A little more fighting, a little less bark. A little less fighting, a little more spark. Shut your mouth and open up your heart. Baby, satisfy me. <laughs> satisfy me. I work hard all day long to please you. Treat you just like a queen. When I come home, you just run in your mouth, baby. You ain't seen the doggone thing. Give me a little less conversation, a little more action. All this aggravation ain't satisfaction. A little more fight, a little less bark. A little less fight, a little more spark. Shut your mouth and open up your heart. Baby, satisfy me. Talking, get your sleeping clothes on. Let's start walking. Come 
Satisfy me.